Um, all right, guys, the show belongs to you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another episode of Glass Half Sports. I am one half of your hosting duties, uh, Nick Huffman, and uh, it is a beautiful, overcast, cloudy. I mean, it's it's fall weather, right, Mike? We are we are fully in pumpkin spice season. It is fall weather. For sure. Um, joining you on a sports week where yet another legend has been replaced uh, on the all-time greats list uh, with Aaron Judge hitting his 62nd home run. Uh, so congratulations to him right off the top of the show and joined as always by my trusty co-host, resident quarterback, and apparently leader of the Zach Wilson Milf Hunter fan club, Mike Mensing. How you doing, buddy? I'm okay. I don't know what that means. Uh-huh. Uh, as always, guys, if you want to catch us on our other social medias, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, YouTube, and Patreon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also catch us after the show on cable, MCN6. You can access that from your Roku remote as well if you're outside of the Twin Cities. Yeah. Um, and so what are they going to get the chance to see if they jump onto any of those platforms this week, Mikey? Yeah, big show today. So our show rundown for the day, preseason Wild Wolf Watch. Again, we're going to check in with our winter sports teams. Yes, sir. Uh, Gophers looking not so golden. I'm so upset at that. Uh, Vikings re and preview our week four news around the NFL. We have a would you rather segment instead of Mike's minutes today, which I'm very excited about. Yes. Uh, we're going to do our MLP MLB wild card weekend wrap up and then uh, NFL key game preview. Not a whole lot of them in week uh, four, five. There's there's one key game every week, but one. And that's Vikings by week. There you go. There you go. Uh, so where do you want to start, Mike? Uh, let's go preseason Wild Wolf Watch. Let's kick off with the Minnesota Wild roster review. Uh, I The last time I checked, they were still undefeated in preseason. Is that true? I believe so. Um, Gabe has an interesting graphic uh, to pull up here for us as well. Uh, the Athletic, um, you know, a great resource for sports analysis. Um, and a place where our good friend Arif Hassan operates um, out of has dropped some grades uh, for the some NHL, some teams around the NHL as we approach the regular season. The Wilds grades came out. I wanted to get it thrown up, and I wanted to get Mike's opinion to see if he can yet again continue to hate on success for Minnesota sports franchises. That was pretty much you know what I wanted to, what I wanted to know today. Well, let's see the graphic then. Oh. So, okay, I had the Gophers thing ready to go, so I'm oh, sorry. my but apologies. Just one second. Yeah, that's what I had. But let Not me, a let problem. Me fix that. Not a problem. Are they still undefeated, by the way? Four and one. Who did they lose to? Please Great don't question. Say, don't say it was the Blues. It was the Blues. The ba- they are the bane of my existence. But we did shut out the Blackhawks. That always feels <laughs> So good. difficult to do. Chicago they dominated us for a decade. They can fuck off for yeah, another and then we, 10 years. We curb stomped them into submission last season. And I want us to do it for a very long time. There we go. All right. So here were the grades that came out for uh, the Minnesota Wild via the Athletics. So they gave letter grades um, across a couple of different positions. Uh, we'll read through some of the highlights here. Um, forwards got an A minus, right wing position A, uh, A plus for our third pair. Uh, our first line surprisingly got a B plus, while our third line got an A. Um, defense defensively, uh, an A minus, which I believe would be an upgrade over last year's grade. Uh, and then our support, uh, as far as like 
management, leadership, and things like that gets an A-plus as well. The Minnesota Wild get an overall A-minus on the roster, 105.5 points projected, a 94% chance at making the playoff, and a 9% chance to win the Stanley Cup. Mike, overzealous or underselling the Minnesota Wild looking at some of these? Overzealous for sure. Okay. Um, I mean, the one that just gets me a little bit, it's the one we've been talking about. Okay. This entire time. Which is? Goalie. Okay. So let's see really quick here. Because it looks like they have our our goalie, our, our goalie situation at a B minus, just above a C. Um, that's not a terrible grade. I actually think that that is pretty spot on when you consider um, what Marc-Andre Fleury has, I guess, regressed to a little bit. And then what you're going to get out of a guy who hasn't started a lot of games. I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah, um, I don't know. I just don't agree with, like, I agree with the fact that we're probably a top 10 team. Okay. Top five, 45% of these people are crazy. Okay. There's, there's not a shot. And first place, 9%. Uh, yeah, not a shot. We're definitely not the best team in the, the NHL. Oh, I'm getting, like, weirdly stuffy right now. It's hard to talk. No, it's okay. Um, Well, I mean, there's a 36% chance that we win the division. They've got our most likely rankly, ranking being first place. Um, a, a cup final would be, you know, making it there would be 18%. I think that puts us ahead of a lot of teams. So what do you think would be driving uh, increased expectations for a wild team that has made a lot of roster changes? Say that again. What do you think would would be driving the narrative of increased expectations for a team that has made a lot of changes in the offseason? Nothing. Like the expectations for me from the changes that they've made are decreased expectations. Mm-hmm. What name one move where they got better? Chemistry. Bullshit. Stop it. Guys that want to play. They had talent physical. walking out the door and nothing walking in. Okay. If you say so. I was right last year. Mm. How many times do I have to be right? You weren't right last year. I was. On what ground? They got eliminated in the first round. And that's what we both said. No. But that's said, not that doesn't you, mean <laughs> you contort your story like nobody I've ever I met. I said in my we should life. be trying to go win a Stanley Cup. We were trying. Not according to you, because according, apparently the Marc Andre Fleury thing Before was the worst. Before the Fleury thing we trade, ever did. we were trying. Do you Jeez. want a team that goes after free agents when it's when it's um Well, we don't have the money to time? Right. We don't. We are operating with seventy five percent of our cap value due to the Contract buyouts for the guys that we we'll knocked out in the deals. first round again. All right. Nothing changes for Mike, apparently, when it comes to the Minnesota Wild. What about the Wolves, Mike? Got their first preseason action um, just the other day. Anthony Edwards, McDaniels, guys like that. Looking pretty good to start the year. No cat, no Gobert, no Russell. And still put on a pretty good show. Beat the Heat by 10. Yes. So, yeah. Um, I mean, do you want to make an actual bet this year about the Timberwolves instead of me just saying something? <laughs> um, yeah. Whew, yeah, I'll let you set the terms for it, and I'll see if I agree to it. Kind of like a fantasy football That's trade. That's such a chicken shit way to go about things. <laughs> and Why doesn't anybody trade? Why doesn't anybody ever make me bets? Well, you come up with everything, and then I'll just accept or deny it. No counteroffer, nothing. Chicken shit, bro. Okay, I've been counteroffer. I've soft, been counteroffer. Soft. Mode. Soft. The Wolves are going to be really good this year. Yes, they, they will are. probably be top four in the West. Yes. Yes, I would agree with you there. 
Um, by the way, we do owe a little bit of an apology to Carl Anthony Towns, who missed the start of camp because he was actually on bed rest due to illness and wasn't cleared to walk until Saturday uh, of last week after we had done the show. He is back in the facility now, and they are bringing him along slowly. Why do we owe him an apology? No, because we kind of railed on him for you know his attitude being why he didn't show up to camp. I did not know that he was battling an illness. His attitude's still shit. I, I would agree with you, but I'm not, you know, I'm not going to. He's softer than you. Okay, stop it. Um, however, That's impossible. I was going to say. I'll... Never mind. Okay. Um, no, but what do you think that this team is going to look like once everybody is on the floor? I think everybody in Minnesota is very scared about how they're going to handle small ball. Yeah. I think the rest of the NBA needs to be freaking out about how they're going to handle big ball. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's going to be a, a, a quote unquote tall task for NBA teams to, what, I, you're the only file. one that can dad do joke dad jokes, Mike. Well, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoyed that. <laughs> Maybe I've been a dad too long. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's going to be key. Chris Finch has preached a lot of, um, length on defense and transition points being something that's going to lead the team this year. Do you see that being an adjustment that we're going to be able to make with the guys that we have? I don't think it's much of an adjustment. Do you think we played enough in transition last year? Yeah. Okay. I mean, you can play a little faster always, right? Yeah. But the length is back, The another year under their belt. This is how you build a team. Yep. This is how you do it. You keep a core of players together mm-hmm. and let them rise together. Okay. Wild take notes. And then you leverage all of your future to win now by going to get Gobert, which is what the Wild did with Marc-Andre They Fleury, didn't leverage their wrong. future. How, how many draft picks did they give up? A draft pick in 2029 is not going to affect their future. Yeah, how are the Houston Rockets doing as they try to unbury themselves for what they used to trade for Chris Paul? Totally different circumstances. You don't know that until it plays out. Anyways. Gobert could leave right now and we'd win 45 games. Yeah. That's the difference. Sure. Okay, so I do know that. Thank okay. you. Moving forward. Um, let's talk about this comment right here, though. Jaden McDaniels was talking about uh, his defense for the upcoming season. Quote, unquote, we are going for first team all defense this year. I'm going to make one of them. Do you think he has the ability to elevate to that caliber? And <clears throat> if so, what does that change for the Minnesota Timberwolves? I don't think he'll make first team all defense, but he, like you he said, he'll probably make one of them. He could be third team even. Okay. Um, I mean, if let's say he makes third team all defense as a forward, and yep. then you have Gobert, who's basically the defense player of the year every year. Yep. It's going to be tough to score on us. And, yeah. and we're going to be fishing as hell on the offensive side of the ball. And I think that's a guy with his versatility that even if he assumes a little bit more of a bit like a, a bench role this year, like I, I'm not diminishing what he's doing, but like he's going to be out there and probably be the leader on the second you know, with the second rotation of guys that come in and he's going to be tasked with scoring their, their sixth man or with shutting down their six man, other team, six man off the bench, you know, their scoring spark. So it's going to be on him to fill that role and limit those guys. And if we can limit bench scoring for other teams, we have a really deep bench and we can win games um, in the small, you know, the short stints of the game where there's not a lot of star power out there. Right. It's all about runs. Yes, absolutely. So um, big things to come uh, for the Minnesota Timberwolves. How many days are we, are we days away are we from opening tip, Mikey? Uh, great question, Nicholas. Let me do the math here. Crunch the numbers. Carry the one. <laughs> carry the one. Gabe, are you going to be watching the Wolves this year? Um, just like in 2003, 
when I watch it. The last time I watched them, yes, I will. Okay. I, I mean, I think they're an exciting team. I really like um, what it, what it was, what's his name? The, Anthony the rookie, Edwards. Anthony. De- yeah, man, I love everything you guys say about him. I love hearing that he's a rookie who wants to just whatever get in there and win. Who plays like like he's a star already? Yeah, absolutely, I love that. Um, I was watching. Um, what's the uh, um, winning time? The movie Winning Time. Yep. Have you watched that? Like, have you guys seen that yet? He has. It's man, it's so fun and so awesome. But it, it just reminded me of that that attitude of a rookie coming in, where it's like they want the ball, they want to win the games right away, and I think that's more rare than you think. Yeah, absolutely. People say it, but they don't act it. And people have talked about like Ant too, um, the maturity that he has shown coming into camp. Obviously, had some issues off the court this off season, but looks like he has really dialed in some other pieces um, that are usually like the last things to come along. A lot of coaches, a lot of uh, talent evaluators will tell you like the diet, the pliability, like working on things that are good for your body. Longevity wise are like the last things to come Um, for guys in their development. Anthony Edwards is at that point. Now he came in, uh, I think it's 10 pounds heavier, but has not, Increased his body fat a single percentage over the offseason. He looks really explosive. I watched him do like this crossover blow by on a guy in that game against the Heat and then just stop on a dime and hit like an elbow pull up. That's going to be really, really, really hard to defend for just about anybody in the league this year. So really excited to see him, you know, go after it. MVP vote in MVP votes at all? Not saying next he's going to win it next, next year. year. Okay. Fair enough. How many days away from tip are we? 13. Wednesday, October Ooh. 19th, opener against the Thunder. Hey, we'll get to cover the opener. Yeah. And Chet Holmgren won't be playing because he is what I told you he was, which is a broken stick. I'm right. When are people going to start listening to me? When he's in the Hall of Fame, I'm just going to rub it in your nose. You rub my nose in it? Words are hard, Mike. I know. No, I'm going to rub it in your nose. I'm going to take the Hall of Fame newspaper <laughs> and just shove it in your face. A little aggressive. Hmm? A little aggressive. You're not right there. So, all right. Uh, anything else in the Wolves you want to cover, Mike? Nope. All right. Let's They're going to be on. good. Watch them. Yep. Same. I'm going to give. I'm going to make it to quite a few games this year. I feel like different girl every time. Stop. All right. So next segment. <laughs> we are going not so golden Gophers. Homecoming, Nick, for the University of Minnesota football team. Welcome the Purdue Boilermakers into Huntington Bank Stadium. And lose 20 to 10. If that wasn't the most on-cue Minnesota sports thing ever, they get a little bit of shine. We start reporting on them. Potential, you know, Heisman candidate. The offense looks better. The defense is playing well. They welcome a team in at home that is much worse than them from a talent level. And Ibrahim doesn't play because he gets, you know, he gets rolled up on. It was an ankle, right? Uh, high ankle sprain, and then the rest of the offense falls apart. Tanner Morgan regresses to uh, who he has been for his entire career. Uh, the offense becomes incredibly one-dimensional and um, you know sim- simplistic to defend, and they just get beat like handedly. It was a convincing beating, but they fortunately get away with uh, you know avoiding or they do avoid the disaster because both Iowa and Wisconsin both also lose at home. This makes Illinois the favorite in the West, by the way. Yes. So our next game after the bye week is at Illinois. That becomes a massive game. Yes, yeah, it does. 
It does. Um, so instead of just having to really worry about Penn State, now you've got to stack them. You've got you better hope that this week, uh, PJ Fleck has those guys knuckled under and ready for a very very tough road stretch that they are going to have to contend with. Um, you know, early in the school year at the very least for these kids as well. These are student athletes. There's a lot on their plates. Road games like this that that does matter. So what do you, how do you think they're going to come out of the back to back road games, Illinois and Penn? I, I it's possible we win both. Is it possible we lose both? Yes. That's the problem. <laughs> That's why they play the game. No, I know, but you would like to think that Illinois is a little bit easier of a contest. Illinois just went into Camp Randall and embarrassed Wisconsin 34 to 10. They're four and one, same record as us. Is there any chance that Wisconsin is just worse at two and three now than one would usually suspect them to be? Yeah, they're in a down year, but at the same time, to go into Camp Randall and just embarrass them, yeah, is it's a little it it it's a little shocking. Yeah, I mean so, they did put the hammer down. It was pretty much it was fourteen ten ball game, and they came out and laid up seventeen in the third quarter, and so, then didn't really let up. So. Minnesota drops out of the top twenty five, drops to thirty fourth. Nice. And Illinois is thirty six. James Madison is receiving votes. What? James Madison is like 30th or 29th. Good for them. What? Good for them. What? But yeah, it's going to be interesting. How do they write the ship? How do that what what needs to be corrected outside of Ibrahim's health for these games coming up to make sure that the maybe we can walk out of these with a victory. The offense is so predictable and one-dimensional. Yeah. Like you have four plays. <laughs> run left, run right. So at what play point, action left, play action right. So at what point because we brought in PJ Fleck, brought back somebody that he had coached with previously, right, to begin to run the offense this year. Yeah, Shiraka, I think, is his name. At what point is do you start to place the blame on PJ Fleck for not opening things up? Because this impacts recruiting as well. I I've just never understood it. They they play close ball games with teams that like their play calling is conservative, ninety eight percent of the time. Right. Like the only reason they were blowing teams out is because. We were still running up the middle. We were just getting 10 yards a pop. Yeah. And that's what you can do when you have a back like that. And that's, you know, that does mask some of the issues. But at what point, as we, as Minnesota sports fans, and we are the unapologetic unapologetic sports show here, so at what point are we going to start saying, hey, P.J. Fleck, it's not good enough. We need more out of the offense. We need something that is going to make kids want to come here, that is going to make us a difficult task or matchup to play against, which has not been the case since he's been here. The thing that bugs me about P.J. Fleck is not going into Penn State and losing at their whiteout. Yeah. What bugs me is losing to Purdue. At home. Losing to Bowling Green. For homecoming. Like, what are we doing? Nothing. That's the problem. We're, we're losing to bad teams. Like, a loss against a really good team, a top 10 team. Yeah. Whatever. It is what it is. We're still the Gophers. We're not Alabama right now. But you lose to Bowling Green, that's strike one. You lose to Purdue at homecoming? Yep. That's strike two. Yeah. Not great. You think they have the ability to right the ship? Yes. Okay. That's all that matters right now. But PJ's PJ's down to his last strike, too. Like, say they lose to Rutgers at home. I'm calling for Fleck. Yeah. I think this, he's got to start to show me something. I know, obviously, he got a little bit of a, a reprieve, I believe, during the COVID stuff because of, 
all of the nonsense well, that went on. a sixth year. Exactly. Ibrahim's back. If you that got John Michael Murphy back because of COVID. Bingo. If those guys leave and this program regresses heavily, it's time to start looking for a new head coach. Agreed. There we go. All right. Well, that uh, does that take us all the way through the Minnesota sports roundup, Mikey? Uh, Vikings review and preview is last for Minnesota sports roundup. All right. Let's get to it. Why don't you start on the Saints? Okay. I will openly tell everybody I am super confused as to why there was so much hate coming off of this win. I understand it wasn't as pretty as we would have liked it, but I also understand that we got the dub. We went over short rest. We went to, you know what I mean? And we're playing guys that we had not game planned for all week. Andy Dalton is a proficient NFL quarterback, and I'm still one of the guys that would sit back and tell you he's probably a better option for most systems than Jameis Winston. Now, I understand they were down Michael Thomas. And I understand they were down Alvin Kamara, but that and that does change the offense. But there isn't a lot on tape for what that offense is going to look like now that Dennis Allen is the head coach. So that's number one as far as why couldn't we stop him, okay? Number two, they performed well. When it mattered, and they have over the last two weeks, the defense has gotten stops when it is required, and the offense, even after taking a penalty in the red zone, being backed up on third down, have found ways to get into the end zone, especially late, to get us leads and win us these ball games. Okay, something they did last year. The Vikings? Yep. No, they did not. Yes, they did. Because the defense would blow it. Yes, they did. In four separate games last year, they would score with like a minute and a half left, and then the defense would allow another touchdown. And, yes. And Go back have and we and have we blown the lead? No, but it's not the offense. It's not our offensive guru leading us to the promised land like was promised. Okay. And I would beg to differ. And here's why. Listen. We did it with Zimmer last year. Listen. Listen. Listen to my take, and then I'll tell you why you're wrong. Go ahead. Everybody. Has, has has thrown up all these images of us missing open receivers and throwing the ball to the wrong spot and different things like that. Here's what gives me hope. Kirk Cousins has had eight different offensive coordinators throughout his entire career. Okay. Right? And his numbers in October, after he has spent four or five weeks in a season, every single time has led to, is Kirk Cousins going to be an MVP candidate? It's going to take a few weeks to know where the reads are, to know where the holes in the defense are going to be based on coverage matchups. And Kirk does seem to take off a little bit. We are just now entering October. So I would worry if Kirk doesn't look like October Kirk. If all the, and we're winning games like last year, we are limping into winning. Games. They're winning games, making mistakes. If they improve systematically and we make adjustments from here, then the margin of victory will only get larger. I we're, just, I don't the worst get it. Team in the no. Actually, I don't know because I don't know who else is at three and one off the top of my head. Chiefs? Bills? Okay. Well, uh, take it back. Giants are the worst three and one team in the league. Bingo. So it's it's just one of those things where I, I don't understand. A win is a win, right? It doesn't matter how it looks. The results are, what's, are what matters. So this is where you don't get being a part of a team over a long haul. It's not about 
sure, it's about the end result, but it's about how you got to that end result. Because playing poorly, almost losing to the Lions, and then literally a double dunk away from overtime with the lowly New Orleans Saints. The Lions have the highest does, scoring offense in the league this year. And one of the worst defenses, and we still couldn't put up 30 with our offensive guru head coach. Moving forward, we're not playing good football. Mm. We are not playing good football. One of the first things that, that happens when you put a play in, when you introduce a play to players, you say, here's the play, here are the routes. Quarterback, here is your read. Mm -hmm. So the fact that he is missing wide open receivers is not something that will come after a month. He knew the read five seconds into learning that play. I, I played the position, Nicholas. I know I'm, how it works. I know that. But this has been Kirk Cousins' MO his entire career, whether you agree with it or not. Yeah, maybe it's okay. So let's go back and look at the strength of schedule too. Maybe he played weaker teams in October, but these are the weak teams. He barely beat the Lions. He barely beat the Saints. Again, a double doink away from overtime, and they probably beat us with the momentum of the game. The fact that we even allowed them to get into the position to take that field goal for the double doink. Sure. And I have I I'll argue this up and down because I did this with my with Jerry earlier in the week. If Harrison Smith doesn't get kicked in the nuts, he got kicked in the nuts on the tackle. The, the and guy guess had what? Because, the because of that, we had to take a timeout and it stopped the clock. I'm not at all confident that if that doesn't happen, that New Orleans has the time to get up to the ball with no timeouts left, get their field goal unit on the field and kick the game winner. I broke it, broke the math down for you. They had time to spike the ball or kill it. I doubt it. And stop the clock. Because you can lay on the player. The ref still has to set the ball. You're running into a Dallas situation. And both times Dallas has tried it over the last two years, they've come up short. That's Dallas. They have dysfunction beyond belief. So it's it's just like, yes, we can be nitpicky. but It's, it's not nitpicky. We're not playing good football. Anybody who knows football and watches the Vikings the last two weeks understands that they are not playing good football. Who is the least penalized team in the NFL right now? The Minnesota Vikings. There you go. Okay, That's cool. That's disciplined football. It's also not aggressive football. Maybe hold the guy for a second longer so Dalvin Cook can actually get free. Dalvin Cook has had plenty of opportunities. To Dalvin break Cook him has, has had the worst start tackled. of his season that he's ever had in his career. And I've seen the him get worse. shoestring tackled more times this so maybe, year. So maybe you play a little bit more aggressively on the offensive line and you hold that guy for an extra second. And maybe one out of every three you get the holding call, but Cookie springs one for 60. It's unreal to me. They get the head coach they want. They get the system that they want. They get the change that they want. The system and, and the head coach has sudden, not been impressive through four and weeks. And then all of a sudden, we start winning football <clears throat> games that we would have lost last year. Everybody defended Zim last year, but everybody wants to jump on KOC now. I'm it's not supposed to be a change. It. I'm it's not having It's supposed to be it. a change. And barely beating the Lions at home not and then getting away from a double doink with the Saints <clears throat> is not a change. It's very similar. How have you not put up 30 points in four weeks? Once. Yeah, exactly. Are we winning the games? Barely. And it, it's going to show you. Win. You start playing good teams like Philadelphia in week two, and you will get exposed. We'll see. You are not good. We'll see. Okay, well, we're going to get another fucking cupcake with the Bears. So we're, we're going to be four and one, and you're going to be tooting your horn about how we beat the lowly Chicago Bears. We'll be undefeated in the division. We will be undefeated at home. Okay, and we will okay, be. Okay, so we had. And we have the tiebreaker with Green three, Bay. We had all of our. Division home games within the first five weeks of the season. Yep. Yeah, that's great for right now. Wait till week 12. Wait till week 14. I'm telling you right now, the eight and nine is looming. The descent of, among Vikings fans is absurd. Okay, well, Gabe, what, what are your thoughts no on this? What are, your, what are your thoughts on this? 
I know you didn't watch the game, but your opinion on the team at three and one. Um, well, it feels like I'm watching the twin season all over again. Thank you. Oh my God. Well, hold on. What I'm saying is doing well, but I, I, yeah, I don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I stand on. I just don't listen. I, I messes me up listening to you guys, especially you, Nick, defend Kirk Cousins. It makes me sick. No, I don't. It makes me not trust you. I'm not saying me... that he is an elite quarterback, but I'm just telling you because you are who you have always been. Yes, people can change, but oftentimes, more oftentimes than not, when the pressure gets ratcheted up, you're going to revert back to who you have always been. We're going to get into the meat of the season here. Kirk Cousins, who has a track record of in a new offensive season, taking about a month to really start to click in the offense, is in week five now. And all the open, all the all of that stuff that he's been missing, he's going to get to evaluate on tape. I'm sure he's going to see the same coverages, and I'm sure he's going to make the adjustment because that is who he has been throughout his entire career. Yeah, he's 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 the fifteenth best quarterback in the league of thirty-two. Yes. Yep. So he'll have to level out somewhere because he hasn't been playing very well. And, and us settling for five field goals is on him and it's on KOC. Mm-hmm. And it's on the aggressiveness of the team as a whole. Sure. Like, think about it. Y- yeah, you ideally want to be the least penalized team, but really you want to be like number 10 on that list because you're not playing aggressively enough. If you're playing basketball and you're ending games with one or two fouls called against you, you're not playing aggressive enough. You have more fouls to give. Yeah. So it's it, that's that's more of a concern for me than a tip my hat to the least penalized team in the NFL. Yeah, but I would also much rather be the team that can loosen it up and play harder than the team that has been penalized out the wazoo and can't seem to rein it in when it matters. I don't know. Life is perspective. You, you can't folks. teach intensity. You can't teach aggressiveness. And right now they're both they're both lacking. Ah. This, uh, mm. We'll see. We'll have to see as the season goes on. Well, they're going to beat the Bears. The Bears are terrible. Yeah, and then we have the Dolphins in Miami. Yep, loss. We'll see. Yep. I don't think so. Cam Dancer, by the way, highest graded corner in the NFC North. Dalvin Tomlinson, <laughs> highest graded uh, defensive tackle in the NFC currently. Again, weak cupcake opponents. Skew statistics. Mm. Okay. Dolphins well, in Miami, Cardinals, and then we got the Bills, Cowboys, Patriots. Like, I don't know, man. I, th- I think you're going to be singing a t- different tune right around Thanksgiving. This is the guy that sat here and said we were going to win 12 games. It took all I said sudden, that was the ceiling. Too close vi- I said that was the ceiling. Two close victories, and Mike's like, don't, fucking blow don't it up. Don't distort words. It's exactly what you said. In, you live in your own reality, Nicholas. I'm curious what the color of the sky is in the world that you live in. Today Honestly. Blue, today it's blue and gray. That's not what I said. I said the ceiling was 12 wins. That's That was your ceiling with the roster that we currently had. Right now, I'm going to say that the game. ceiling is maybe 11. The ceiling has dropped okay. because of the way that we're playing football games right now. Okay. Clip it. Let us know what you guys think in the comments Please, below. go ahead. Clip this, Nick, in three days. Let us know in the comments below what you guys think of the Minnesota Vikings victory wow. over the Saints. In the London. Um, and before we move on from this, hey. You um, say in the London? In London. In the London. On the web. Um, and by the way, prayers out to Lewisine. Um, lower leg compound fracture um, in the game. Tough. 
KOC has compared it to the same injury that he saw in Alex Smith. Uh, injury was so bad with some tissue damage that he was not able to fly back with the team. He had to get surgery overseas and is expected to return either today or tomorrow. Um, but he will not be back this year. Um, they are looking at the start of the 2023 season uh, already. Thoughts on um, his impact on the team or the injury itself? He hadn't made an impact. so They we, said he had on missed... special teams. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> he hadn't made an impact. He hadn't. So we don't miss anything. Okay. Do you think he's going to be able to make it back? This is a tough break. Comparing it to Alex Smith, I know Alex Smith obviously had like a staph infection and some other things that caused some complications, but... I mean, that Joe Theismann-style break is not an easy one to come back from for a quarterback, let alone a guy who has to twist and pivot and run and is constantly going to be in situations where his and feet he's are going to be And he's also a lot up. younger than Alex Smith and Joe Theismann were at the time of their injury. Totally he'll agree. be just fine. Okay. Sounds but good. can he play in the NFL? That's still a question mark. I would agree with that, too. So, shout out to ankle injuries and friend of the show, by the way. Commissioner of Nick and I's Fantasy Football League had an open dislocation playing beer league softball the other night. So, get well soon. Yeah, Mike. dude. How are you going to put that in a group chat at 8 o'clock in the morning while I'm eating cereal? Why are you blowing up the group chat at 8 o'clock in the morning? He had to slow you down. All right. <laughs> Week four news. Are we not going to talk about the Bears game? They're going to win. Why, what? They're probably going to play poorly. They're going to win like 17 to 9. Oh, Okay. I will give them the warning that we didn't give the Gophers. You need to actually show up, right? The key, the only two people that are going to be keyed in That's on. pretty much all they've done the last two weeks. On defense is going to be Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn. Um, those are going to be the two guys that you have to nullify from an offensive line standpoint and put them in, in bad situations. And then the defense is going to have to stop. Uh, that run game. If you're a good team, you blow out bad teams. I would agree. Haven't seen that yet. Would Tw- love to see it. Don't anticipate seeing it. Vegas is often more accurate than one would suspect. And the Vikings enter this game currently as a seven-point favorite with the over-under on the game being 47 and a half. No um, way. I will take the under take on the points, under. but I will take the over on the spread. I got the Vikings winning 27-13. I'll take Michael the over on the spread technically because I'm going to go 17 to 9. There you go. That's not a blowout. It's not, but you it is a win. Beat the brakes off the Bears. It should be like 41 to 10. We'll see. We'll see. Everybody called the Rams dead after losing four straight games last year. With Oh, the Rams are dead now, though. Oh, they definitely are. Hmm. Funny. Their offense looks awfully bad without KOC. Or it's the fact that they had basically a all-star quarterback last year who has a wonky elbow in his throwing arm but yeah it's koc i'm just saying there's plenty of hey contextualize everything oh and their second best receiver is not on the roster this year but it's koc you're right they got Allen robinson to replace him they're throwing three white guys out there to try to confuse defenses on which one is cooper cup that's also true <laughs> which going is... into week four yeah uh to a yeah you want to you want to soften hit, your hit tone his, hit his noggin I let me get your thoughts on this first, because me and you talked about this earlier in the week. I have a very different opinion on how the Dolphins handled this than everybody else. Yeah, you're a conspiracy. I am not a conspiracy theorist. So from just how about this? If you don't know what's going on Tua hit his head against Buffalo and was allowed to go back into the football game. Yes. Should not have been. He will leave that for now. He had 
a meeting with an independent neuroscientist who basically cleared him for play on a short week, a Thursday game against mm-hmm. Cincinnati. In, I believe, the second quarter, second or third quarter, he rolled out to pass, got twisted down, and with a twisty motion, his head hits the turf, and he actually went uh, out cold. Nick is being not politically correct right now. He he was throwing up gang signs. Yeah. Because his nerves basically made his muscles react in a certain way. Yep. Like, clearly out cold. You see it a lot in the UFC game. Tua may not ever play again now because of this. This is a severe brain injury. Yeah. When you're knocked unconscious like that, it's a pretty big deal. And football is a violent sport. It is. The neuroscientist that evaluated him, who is an uh, independent neuroscientist, has been fired. Independent neurological consultant. Thank you. Has been fired and relieved of his duties. Um, and that's that's kind of where we're at with the Tua injury concerns. Now Nick is going to tell you that the sky is orange and the aliens told the Dolphins to play him either way. No, no, no. I will say this, though. In a contract year where Tua is trying to prove that he can be the franchise quarterback and the Dolphins need to figure out if he is or is not worth the investment, um, he sustains this injury. And now everybody expects me and many others, to believe that the Dolphins did not have a hand in the decision that was made to either place him back in the Buffalo game or to place him in the game against the Bengals on a short week. We are talking about the same team that has already been proven guilty on paying off a head coach to lose football games and one that was that has openly admitted and been punished for tampering with Tom Brady and Sean Payton blatantly against NFL's rules. You you expect me the 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 law abiding Miami Dolphins do not exist. They are in it for themselves and they think the rules do not apply. So you expect me to believe that that same organization didn't go, "Hey, if he can walk, he can play." I don't buy it. The Dolphins this investigation should be as thorough and as detailed as anything the league has ever done cuz that injury that was sustained could have cost Tua his life. It could have cost him permanent it, it it will very evidently have permanent effects on him for the remainder of the life that he is going to have and it may have ruined a career for a guy that was getting ready to attain generational wealth that would have not only impacted his family and generations to come, but all of the foundations and organizations and charities that he would have had the opportunity to impact had he gotten this contract extension, playing healthily and doing the things that most quarterbacks do. That's what it is. The Dolphins don't like charity. I'm I'm appalled. I am absolutely appalled. And for it to be, for the report to have come out after vi- after this, that the the uh, neurological consultant was fired because he was not cooperating with the NFLPA during the investigation only raises yet another red flag. Well, that's not why he was fired. Yes, it was. Nope. Look it up. You look it up. That's not why he was fired. He was fired because he he made mistakes during the neurological exam of Tua. Ian Rappaport reported on the Pat McAfee show earlier this week that while there were mistakes that were made, the reason why he was relieved of duty is because he was, quote-unquote, hostile and agitated during the investigation. Because he made mistakes. Because he was... Pro- because he made mistakes and he knew he made mistakes. 
But that's not why he was fired. Yeah, it was. Because if he doesn't make the mistakes, he's not hostile and agitated. I don't, I don't, I'm not. There's way too many coincidences and it's way too convenient for me. Now, if we're talking about like this happening to a team that doesn't openly have a track record in the last 12 months of blatantly ignoring the NFL's rules and policies, I'd be singing a different tune. All right. Let's move on. Let us know what you think. Are aliens real? Did the Dolphins do this? Your answer to both questions are the same. Uh, Baker Mayfield remains the starter in Carolina. Why? Because they have no one else. Why are we even talking about this? Oh, just because I wanted to be able to toot my own horn. Uh, go ahead. I warned it. every NFL team not to touch Baker with a 10-foot pole because he's not he wasn't worthy of the number one overall draft pick that he got. He was he not was. the quarterback that Cleveland thought he was, and he's got an attitude problem and is not, is not a starting quarterback but he's got a in new the OC. NFL. He's through just the first four weeks with a new OC. He'll get better. There's a vast difference between what Kirk Cousins has been able to do and the fact that Baker Mayfield has the worst recorded QBR in NFL history through four weeks. Sam Darnold had this very same team last year, by the way, at like 0-4 or 0-5 to start the season. Or uh, 5-0 to start the season. They were rolling. So what's wrong with Baker, Mike? Well, everybody's actually calling for Matt Rule's head. Not Baker's head. Oh, so what does that tell you? Well, they fired Joe Judge because they thought it was Joe Judge's fault last year. Joe Judge is a terrible NFL coach. I'm just saying. He is. What has Joe Judge done in the NFL? I'm not saying. Well, I was the outside linebacker's coach for the 1997 Tampa Bay Buck. It's like, whatever, bro. Joe Judge was terrible. the scapegoat for a lot of this last year. Okay. And, they, and Matt Rule got Correct. away with it. And Matt Rule is the scapegoat this year because he's trash too. But regardless. Matt Rule is most well known for being tackled by a tackle dummy. Yep. Yeah, that's it. He's an NFL head coach, and he's most well-known for being tackled by a tackle dummy. I, I get that, Mike. But even if the system is broken and you're going to blame the head coach, the eye test should show you what your player's capabilities are, and Baker doesn't pass. What the eye test shows me is that Carolina's offense doesn't have an identity. No shit, Baker's there. Without Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, he is a liability at the quarterback position. I mean, even with Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt, he's not going to throw 50 touchdowns. That's not who he is. He can't even win ball games, Mike. So, Carolina's not good, dude. And you're just like playing. Atlanta is two and two. You don't like Baker Mayfield because he looks like you. That's what it is. Okay. Not even close. Yep. That's what it is. No. You're just salty at Baker Mayfield. What? Show on the doll where Baker Mayfield touched you, Nick. <laughs> He make here right here. He makes my eyeballs hurt when I watch him play quarterback. That's what it is. All right. From a guy who the Vikings have put up eight more points than them all season, so that's two in each game. Sweet, we're three like, and one. Results are all that matters. Okay, double doink. Results are all that matters. All right. All right. So from a guy who plays like cardiac arrest to a guy who has a heart injury. J.J. Watt uh, comes out but right before last week's game. By the, did you find the drop on this report interesting? Like, literally hours before kickoff. Yeah, because somebody in his camp was going to leak it, and he's like, no, I'm going to leak it. What do you think about this? Football. I get that it's football, but, I mean, the guy's pretty much got an arrhythmic heart, and he's 
was arguably for a stretch one of the greatest defenders of all time and was my question is how long has this been a thing has he been dealing with this his entire career possibly holy smokes that puts a whole new level of respect on what jj watt has accomplished for me because at any given moment that's, that's a pretty wild speculation though so like I don't know. I don't know if the well. I'm not. I'm. I'm not a hard expert. JJ Watt is the epitome of what an NFL player should look like. Absolutely, in my opinion. Um, his heart went into a trivial fibrillation. Afib. Yep. On Wednesday, he was shocked. Thursday, got back to a normal rhythm and played on Sunday. <sighs> you could defib him on the field, and he'd be like, "All right, where's my helmet?" No, I get that. I mean. Shit, if he played for the Dolphins, they'd probably just roll him out there with the defib machine on him. But do you think this impacts his ability to play moving forward, or do you think this is going to be one of the last seasons that we see him? I think it was going to be the last one of the last seasons we saw him either way. So yeah. Yeah. You think this pretty much calls it for him? Yeah, with I think he's expecting another kid too. And yeah. I think JJ Watt is nearing the end of his career. Where does he finish all time to you as a defender? Top 100 for sure. Yeah. Top 50, arguably. I think that's pretty fair. So, hey, congrats to him. Stay safe. I hope somebody's out there monitoring the shit out of him because, I mean, all the money that he has donated to charity, all the good things that he has done in the community, I would hate to see some of those things go by the wayside for the game of football because there are a lot of other things that he's going to be able to do that are good outside of that. You're really concerned with charities today. Yeah, you uh, got to give of back. charity cases. Conor McGregor wants to fight again. You motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you slipped that one in there, Mike. Well done. Yeah, Conor McGregor uh was doing a answer anything uh with Reddit on Twitter uh the other day and announced that his comeback will most definitely be at 170 pounds as a welterweight. Um, right now, kind of an interesting situation. He is outside of the USADA testing pool, um, because of travel. Um, USADA obviously wants to know where you're at and what you're doing and wants you to be available, available to them for drug testing at any given moment. Um, but his team opted to pull him from USADA or recommended that he be pulled from USADA. So that way he doesn't, uh, receive any type of strikes because after two you start venturing into john jones territory where there are lengthy suspensions and i don't think conor mcgregor wants that if his plan is to return um a little bit of context on it if you do re-enter the usada pool much like henry cejudo is going through right now it's a six-month evaluation period before you're allowed to book a fight um, which pretty much takes up a training camp um so you can do your testing through training camp and still be ready uh, for a fight. Gabe, I will get your opinion on this first because I know, much like Canelo, you are a McGregor hater. What are your thoughts at him coming back at 170? First of all, I want to say I don't quite hate him as bad as Canelo. Okay. I do have appreciation for him. I know he was absolutely great and all that stuff. I just think... Was. Yes. He's just the game has has, has appeared to have completely passed him by. Okay. Um now, was he getting good shots in on Poirier? Like, you know, like if you look at it close, yeah, he was doing well. Even in um, the Habib fight, you can actually make the argument that he kind of had the best fight against him. Connor was the closest to handing Khabib a loss that Khabib had ever seen. But and it's it the didn't result feel like that it was matters. Close, though. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're right. And I guess what my thing is with him is just it's it's feeling he is representing to me the worst part in fighting, which is this. So this is the um, 
the AMA he did or whatever with it, some yep. of the headlights of it, but or highlights of it. But um, I guess he feels like he's at that level where he's just trolling for these money fights, kind of. Well, yeah. And I don't know how I feel about these money fights, like where they're he's whatever pairing up with people who aren't exactly, you know. Whatever. I don't want to see him and Diaz fight again. Right. You guys care about that fight? So Diaz is done. Diaz uh, is outside of UFC uh, contract obligations currently based on his last fight. Right. But what they're uh, they're talking about him boxing Connor. Right. For the the trip. Like, I don't care about so many of those fights anymore. And I don't know. I feel like fighting is kind of losing. Like, you know, of course, they're going to ride this for five years too long, basically. But we'll see. Well... We're not talking about any other fighters that have won one of their last four fights in the last four years. Yeah, I just have no excitement for him coming back anymore. And, and, and I you think wanna... that's the better debate is yeah. how exciting do you think the audience or how excited do you really think the audience is for his return? Well, I'll tell you, everybody that that still hangs on these drops, the diehard UFC community still believes that Red Panty Night is a very real thing. You like you sign up to fight Conor McGregor, you're signing up for a payday. And that's, that's why all it is. And now you're signing up to actually beat him too. Potentially. You don't know what he looks like at 170. One one win in the last four years. At one. 155. Don't care. He's not succeeding at his job. And we're talking about him. Right. I think he does need to move to 170 so that he Correct. can just be a clubber, you know, yes. and just kind of hope like, oh, these guys are slower, so maybe he can. Yeah, I mean, he still has tools in the bag. He has been releasing videos of him um, wrestling, which, you know, if if you're a fan of Jail Sonnen, I I would agree with you. But a lot of guys that reach a certain stature kind of move away from that instead of going back into it. So I feel like that is encouraging to see. Will it pay off? Maybe. We will, That you know, that has yet to be seen. Um, But the, the matchups at 170 are interesting. You know who has the same, I guess, managerial team uh, as Conor McGregor that holds a belt right now, Gabe? Sorry, I was muted. <laughs> Leon, Rocky, Edwards. Not interested. I know you're not, but if but you're Leon is. Edwards, you'd be interested. If you wanted yeah. to get back out there and put another big name and another big payday on your dance card before Kamara Usman returns, would Kamara... Would, Conor McGregor not be a viable option if you're Colby Covington who does not have a fight and you know you're going to get great trash talk in media and great press for the UFC would Conor McGregor not be a draw so so Colby is earmarked for Hazmat as of yesterday that would be phenomenal like as far as the like the trash talk the lead up that would be huge how about this if you're Dana White who do you so take Colby out of it Take Hazmat out of it. Who do you put um, Connor in there against that's the best for the UFC and the best for Connor? Well, I guess the best for the UFC is the same as the best for Connor. Weight class restrictions? What's that? Is there a weight class restriction? Because no, fight him wherever you want. So I, want th- to go? I really do think if he takes another loss, I think the big draw is him and Patty the Batty at 155. He's going to take another loss. And um, then another. And then another. So I think that um, I think that would be a very interesting one because they're from the same part of the world. You're going to get a lot out of that. Um, otherwise, I still think the Chandler fight is great for the UFC. Those are two of the UFC's 
favorite fighters to tune in and watch, whether they win or they lose, at 170. Chandler cut that incredible promo when, you know, hey, Connor, when you come back, and want you at your biggest, I want you at your best. 170 makes sense to me. I, I'm truly, I cannot think of who I want him to fight. Like, I, I, there's, and in, I think ultimately what it is, is it's because I'm not excited to see yeah. him fight anymore. He feels done. What I want to know is, do we want to see him against um, Usman and just go, hey, if you catch him and knock him out, then you're back and you're Connor? Or do you just say, because he's kind of done either way, it yeah. feels like. It feels like. I think I don't know. his next fight will be his last shot in the title picture. Like, you're so funny. Yeah, um, yeah. will be, will be, I think it'll be his last shot surrounding the title picture. If he doesn't pick up a win and puncher's chance to anybody, but that's why I think the Leon fight does make sense. Cause if Connor catches Leon and Usman comes back, then Usman gets the payday that he was looking for ahead of the Leon Edwards fight. Don't you I want take Leon a- against, um, Masvidal? That's the three piece in the. Yeah, there's a trilogy there, too. Like, there's a lot. I think him moving to 170 is good for the UFC. Might not it's be not good. good for his face. It might not be. Yet to be seen. Oh, I'm pretty sure about it. I definitely don't want to see him box. Can we all agree on that? Or do you guys want to see him box? I mean, if he makes that his full-time thing, I would want to see it. But he can't do the back and forth. Yes. Definitely not. Like, especially even, how about the Floyd fight? Do you actually want to see the Floyd fight? Uh, Connor has kiboshed that twice. Oh, really? Yes. I did not know that. Okay. Yep. Um, Floyd has sent two separate offers over, and Connor has pretty much said shove it on both of them. Okay. Well, good. So, I mean, but there is an opportunity there for him in boxing. I think what he did against Floyd Mayweather when he was there in boxing. What he did? Yeah, he he beat Floyd for seven rounds. Who won the fight? Mayweather. Results are all that matters. You're all right, correct. with that, let's move on to the Would You Rather segment. Jesus. This is a new segment today. Uh, I'm going to propose to Nick a Would You Rather statement for NFL situations, and then he's going to tell us his opinion. Yeah. Just know it's probably the other one. Um, hey, Gabe, do we have music? For this? Sure. I would appreciate it. Slow jazz would be nice. (laughs) Slow jazz. Don't make Gabe change it because you know how big of a perfectionist he is. We'll listen to 40 clips of jazz tracks before we land on one. (laughs) I think you put it on the soundboard. I thought I did too. That'll work. Turn it down. Mystery music. Yeah. All All right. right. I feel like I'm in an episode of like unsolved mysteries here. Uh, Would you rather be Geno Smith or... Russell Wilson. Oh. I actually love this music for this, by the way. You know, I would still want to be Russ because I just got paid. And I can just kind of kick my feet up and soak in my money. But it's a lot closer than people might think. Geno Smith in year, what, 10 now has developed into the guy that we all wanted him to be coming out of college. Um, he's got a decent wide receiver. The off- The two tackles that they drafted are playing well. Fuck it. I would much rather be Geno Smith. All right. Would you rather be the two and two up and coming New York Jets mm. or the two and two let's ride Broncos? Oh, just dogpiling on <laughs> Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson today. Um, I mean, for fu- for the future, I'd much rather be the Jets. 
I mean, if I were to pick one today and I had to live out the rest of my life as part of a as being a player or, or a part of that Let's organization. Say as a fan. The Jets. Jets. Because I don't see how Denver sustains this for the length of Russell's contract. It's only gonna get heavier. They're probably gonna need a new head coach, probably either after year one or year two. And the Jets just seem to have all the pieces in place. They've got the quarterback. They've got their corner. They've got some pass rushers. They've got a running back. They've got a solid wide receiving core. Um, they're in a, a, a large media market. I'd much rather be a Jets fan. All right. Uh, would you rather have Trey Lance or Jimmy G if you're the Niners? Both are healthy. Both are healthy. Jimmy G. I would much, 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 much rather have Jimmy G. Friend of the show, Tim Jackson, let us know what you think. I know he's a Niners fan. Yeah, man, I like Trey Lance and his or liked Trey Lance and his abilities coming out of college. I had some of the same concerns about him that I had about Carson Wentz when Carson Wentz came out. He's the luckiest player in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy G just fits San Francisco's system so well. And the guys in the locker room know how to win and trust that he can win with him. I mean, I think the steps that you saw him take between his first start and what they just did to the Rams, minus the league's best left tackle, should be evidence that they're moving in the right direction. And they probably should have never done the Trey Lance thing to begin with. They should have taken those draft picks and just surrounded Jimmy G with the talent to get him over the hump in the NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl. I would much rather have Jimmy G. All right. And our last would-you-rather statement of the day. Would you rather be Justin Herbert? Mm. Needing medical treatment from a doctor <laughs> that injured Tyrod Taylor. Okay. Or Tyrod Taylor watching someone go through what you had to go through. Um, I don't think I'd ever want to be Tyrod Taylor, and I'm going to tell you why. That man has had the most likely all-pro NFL career that never was. Everywhere this man goes, he sees a roadblock. He got drafted by Baltimore, and then Flacco fluked his way to two Super Bowls. He went to Buffalo and got him to the playoffs just for them to reset the system. He went to the Chargers, and they were like, it's your job. We're going to sit Herbert for a year, and then they punctured his lung. He got into the game the other week against or with the Giants only for him to get a concussion. The man just can't. Oh, and in, in Texas, uh, when he played for the Texans, he was started over Davis Mills, and Pull the hamstring. You know what? Actually, you know what the Vikings should do if it doesn't work out with Kirk Cousins? They should draft a rookie quarterback and sign Tyrod Taylor because everybody who comes up behind him is an absolute genius. So you would rather... I'd ha- much rather be Justin Herbert. going Having to go through... Yes, absolutely. And trust a doctor that punctured the lung of sure. another player yeah. while treating him for a rib injury. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, so that uh, finishes our Would You Rather statements. <laughs> I don't know how anybody would want to be Tyrod Taylor. At least it's done. That man has suffered more heartbreak than The Bachelor. I don't know about that, but... Jesus. All right, what'd you think, Gabe? Ah, yeah, we got the hands. Round of applause. Round of applause I'm a fan. for the cause. That's all we got, though. All right. Now we got to talk some baseball. Yeah, MLB wildcard weekend. The Twins are not participating, so we'll go a oh, little no shit. quick. Uh, yeah. Um, NL, Phillies versus Cardinals. 
Well, for all of my Cardinal fans out there uh, for the business that I work with, I am definitely cheering for the team that is fending off Father Time, the one more for the good old boys, the the ancient relics giving it one more go in St. Louis, uh, and I think they have the tools to get it done. I think the they do have the advantage on pitching. I do think that the veteran leadership that has won World Series with that organization before is going to Play, pay dividends to the youth that is there now. And I think the Phillies' only real chance is hot bats and big leads, and I don't know if that's a sustainable method in a three-game series. I'm going to take the the Cardinals as well. Uh, I think experience in the playoffs is massive, and they are playing a little bit harder because of those veterans. Absolutely. Could you imagine what the world's going to feel if Albert Pujols gets up in game three of this wild card series and like the bottom of the eighth with them down – a run and two men on and they put in a lefty and they put in pool holes and he yanks one into the seats. The world's got St. Louis is going to go nuts. Already did it with Kirk Gibson in 88. Yep. It, like really it's kind of seen it again, but yeah. um yeah. History repeats itself. Maybe I, I just hate the Cardinals too much because of being a lifetime Cubs fan, but it, I think their fan base is obnoxious, but yeah. they have oh, a good baseball terrible. team. Terrible. Yeah, they do. No, they, they do for sure. But there's something about pool holes playing. And I'm not a – well, maybe I am a Pujols hater. <laughs> Never mind. Maybe I should sit down on you that. You know what, Mike? You know what I'm noticing? You know how you, like, contracted your just disdain for Minnesota sports winning? I think it's a derivative of Gabe hating on every successful athlete in human history. Mm-hmm. No, it's true. Good Lord. <laughs> That's a true quality I have. I just don't like the the guys who are just sh- clearly the best. Like, whatever. Yeah. Oh, but so you admit that Pujols Canelo's is clearly the best? No, 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 no. Hmm. But but Pujols, when you look at his um, – the way he came in the league and yeah. how good he was instantly, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah. And did we talk about last week how much how much this uh, Aaron Judge thing upsets me for Roger? Merrick? Yes, we did. we did. Yeah. We did. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. That's I right. I had a thing I was looking at. It. His, his year in terms of, like, among the best offensive years ever. Yeah. You know? And I, I was actually, I have the stats, I could pull them up, but I don't, whatever. Yeah. It wasn't as good as I thought. Yeah. 61. He's going to get the Yanks. He got the Yanks in the playoffs. 62. Got the Yanks into the playoffs. Yeah. He's did got he the get MVP, the Yankees into so the playoffs or did their $250 million payroll get him into the playoffs? A little bit of both. Uh, so speaking of big payrolls, the other New York team has a bit of pretty big payroll as well. Yeah. And they match up with a cool. team that has... A, uh, a World Series champion on it already in Juan Soto. Yeah, I was going to say three sluggers that cost more than the Twins' whole payroll. So uh, Fernando Tatis, obviously not a part not of the planned. conversation due to his suspension. But his contract is still there. Correct. Um, but they do have Manny Machado and Juan Soto, who, keep in mind, does have World Series and playoff experience right. with the Nationals. I think that's going to pay off. Um it's going to be interesting. This is actually probably going to be the most competitive series throughout the entirety of the playoffs because I would give the hitting strength to the Padres and I would give the pitching strength to the Mets. Now, I know the Mets have fallen apart ever since Timmy you know, uh, Timmy Trumpets played for Edwin Diaz uh, in New York, but they've got – I'm assuming the Mets pitching staff is healthy here. The Grom and Serger. Yep. And you only need to win two. These are three ga- three game series. Yeah, but at any two given... of their pitchers are ridiculous. You can steal two right there and be done with it. Oh, for sure. But at any given moment, Manny Machado and Juan Soto can go back to back. 
And that, not let's against, not forget. Not against Scherzer, they can't. The Padres also have Joe Musgraves, who's not no slouch either. Mets in two. Ooh. Padres in three. All right. So the AL, Guardians, which should have been the Twins, versus the Rays. <laughs> Small ball represent. I have no opinion on this series. Rays will take it. Guardians yeah. are trash. They're not Guardians great. are the best of the worst. They're the Rays are better for baseball. We eh. want to see them. Uh, well, I mean, I, I think that they the have Rays more, like, fans don't even care about talent. the Rays. The Rays no, can't true. even. Yeah, they can't even get somebody to build them a new stadium. Listen, I agree. Trump that feels actually. Really I'm just cool. saying, as far as young star power and stuff, they Seen they could it. emerge a team. Like playing in a soup can. Yeah, it's really cool looking though. All right. It's a cool looking soup can. That's a cool looking suit. Uh, Blue Jays versus Mariners. This one should be interesting. Let's go, M's. I know. I want Julio Rodriguez to tear it up. I just want the Mariners to be successful because I think what leads to sports being more entertaining is parody. Yeah. And having not been in the playoffs for 21 years, yep. I want them to, like, I want the Mariners to knock out the Yankees. Ooh, that would be very, very interesting. I don't think they quite have all the tools they need to do it. I think a lot of the advantages still do go to the Blue Jays, Vlad Guerrero, George Springer, all of the talent that they have on that team. Um, I just like seeing this. Sorry, I just put this on thing. Sorry, yeah. I thought you were distracted by it. We're going to talk about it. But. Okay. Um, yeah, all of the everything leans Blue Jays here. Um, pitching, hitting, fielding. I believe they're going to have home field advantage in game one as well. Um, Mariners' best chances is to go out there and put on a show. Use the underdog mentality, see if you can steal a game, and then play it out from there. Mariners in three. I have Blue Jays in three, but I hate having to say it. So, All right. So that's what we have for MLB Wild Card Weekend. Let us know your takes. Uh, and then there are, what is it, Yankees? Astros. Astros. Yep. Waiting for the divisional round in the AL. Yep. No idea. No. No idea in the NL. Not a clue. Who's out of the West? I can look. Dodgers, Dodgers, and um, there's one more. What are we looking for here? Okay. Who's the other team waiting on the Braves? Uh, oh, Dodgers, Braves. And Braves. Yeah, yep, Dodgers, Braves. Okay, um, Gabe, you want to put that trap card thing back up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought this is interesting because I, I'm, I'm endlessly interested in um, analyzing Soto's year that he's yeah. had so far because it is it's so complex because like you could say it's so complex yeah it's so what so complex yeah so complex wow you guys are on fire (laughs) um but yeah yeah so joey mensis who i'm not even sure if that's the guy who replaced him in yeah uh, with the nationals but apparently has posted better stats so this a bunch of stuff is going on so this sports skeet i had this thing with some um stats and stuff but um what do you guys think like truly if you got soto Mm -hmm. Would you be happy with what, where he's at? So the rookie who came in. I feel like you just asked me as a Twins fan if I'm happy with Carlos Correa's performance this season, and I'd say no. <laughs> okay. No, I'm um, I'm yeah, gonna... actually, that's a great question. Are you happy with Carlos Correa's? No. no. And the fact that he came out and was like, oh, they know where I'm at. If they want me, you know, pay me. Buzz off. Yeah, it's almost like when somebody doesn't make a counteroffer, it's, it's really frustrating, right? It's hard. But, fucking bullshit um for me if i had to grade this out i'm gonna give juan soto an incomplete because i think it does ma- it does make a difference when tatis is in the lineup boy baseball is the most individual game there is though 
I don't believe that. Okay, what's a more individual team sport? Basketball. What the fuck are you talking about? I watched Kobe carry a dead Lakers roster for years, and LeBron do the same in Cleveland. But they, they are not paying him to be a guy who needs protection. No, they're not. They weren't paying Manny or David Ortiz to be guys that needed protection either in Boston. But when they were both in the lineup, Soto they were had much better hitters. Soto had 27 home runs this year total. Yep. Struck out over 100, uh, almost 100 times. Okay. Batted about 240. Okay. The league batted. What would, Gabe, what was the ridiculous stat that you posted? The entire league's batting average was down like 15 points? It was enormous, and I don't remember it offhand. Well, Soto I mean, didn't was... help that cause. He batted 313 last year. Right. 351 the year before. He he feels like a product to me, and I, got, and I don't have his stats in front of me, but he feels like the product of this new way of, of, of valuing players. Like, he, the way he's drawing walks, and the, yeah. like he's doing all the shit for war. Basically, yep. and none of the shit to, in a way, carry baseball teams. Well, here's the feels. thing. That argument's hard to make when he was a key piece in winning the Nationals a World Series. Post Bryce Harper. Right. No, he was. And so if he has this terrible this year, year, we get into the postseason, and in this three-game series against the Mets, against really good pitching, if he goes... Two for 14. If he, go, if he goes six for 12... Not a shot in the world. No way. No and drives way. in I will bet you runs. any amount of money he doesn't put up anywhere near those types of numbers. I'm just saying, like, He'll if bat that, under 300, if, he might have a home run. I'm saying if if that happens, you can wipe out the regular season. Okay, true. What do you think? Do you see... Um, Not a snowball uh, chance He didn't no. sign his contract, did he? Yet? I mean, he got traded, and then he goes... Oh, I mean, no, no, no. They have not re-signed him yet. I do not believe So... How much does this affect the contract that he gets? Like I, you, his year, you can't because of what you already gave up for him. That's, so I would agree with you to an extent, but if you're the GM of the Padres, yep, d- does this knock fifty million off the, off his total? No, no. Here's why: they were able to sell out a stadium in the summer on a Tuesday, in the middle of the day in San Diego. That's the California. Minute, Nobody works the out there. Minute Juan Soto showed up, that but that is excitement based on a new trade. If this dude starts off and based on what he was going to be, year, yeah, and, he wasn't, and he played half a season in San Diego, changing locations, changing teams, changing cultures, and batted under two forty. All of it matters. If, so I would under two forty. If he comes, I'm sorry, in, but like, right. Go ahead, if it's Gabe. June, if it's June of next year, and he has the same numbers he has now, yeah. Do you think they're still coming on Wednesday afternoons to watch games? Nope. How many players in the MLB can hit 30 homers, bat 240, drive in almost 100 runs, walk consistently? He hasn't hit 30 home runs since Are you a 2019. Fan of Buxton? No, he hasn't hit 30 home runs Buxton since 2019. Big difference. Mm. 2020, 2021, it. 2022. Three years, no 30 homers. Okay. You know what? Either way. And he was the only hitter in the Nationals lineup. Hey, guys. Okay, so. so <laughs> sorry. So, you know, I'm just going to say 240 versus 220, you say that's a big drop. Yes. They're both less than one for four. I would, yeah. And he's a superstar. Yep. And if he averages less than one for four per game, is that someone who you are, it, no, to me, that is yep. not what they're coming to see. 
I would agree. You don't pay to watch people. No, you might not even see them get a base hit in the game that you're at. I would agree. But listen, I test. It's it's the eye test. They're going to look at him. They're going to look at his talent. They're going to look at how young he is still. He's 23. And you're going to let that guy walk, or you're going to even you're going to even attempt to underpay him? No fucking way. No way. And I would generally agree with you. I don't believe that they're going to make a, a like a massive play. You're not going to let him go nope. because the fact that he can work the count is really um, compelling. Nope. I know that the big difference between this year and last year is that it's his launch angle and how many fly balls he's hitting. And I don't know if that is because the league saw something. I haven't been able to read anything to see, yeah. you know, great analysis on it. But um, I don't believe, like, as far as I can tell, if you can still see the ball and you're working the count, yeah. you still have those skills. So I don't think he's done by any means. But there's something wrong in baseball that that we're sitting here having an argument about that this guy's good, he's batting 240. Yeah. Just like with Buxton. I'd agree with you. Know? You know? Like, how does war... How flawed is well, War Buxton's that Buxton? Good, so. no. Well, I mean, according to War, he's still like a war of four, I think. Buxton was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just, baseball has something broken. And according to October, Kirk Cousins is the MVP of the NFL. Yep. Can I show one last thing, actually, really quick? Well, we got to get to these games, but yeah. Uh, twins troll Aaron Judge after Luis. Yeah, I did see this. I, I just want to give a little dab to um, Arrays for winning the batting How did they troll the Yankees? I actually haven't read that part of it, but I saw that, so I wanted to bring it up. But uh, I it was seen more it I just wanted to talk about his uh, about I was his, uh, batting Didn't we announce the Twins dead like they, two weeks ago? Yeah. Huh. And what was really cool about um, Arise, like him winning the title, is how he closed out yeah. the year. It Playing was really well. great. It was like 13 for 50 or something like that. You know, like he actually did it in clutch time. This was apparently his only individual goal. Well, clutch for him. Clutch for him. The guy batted 316. Do you know he actually has the same amount of batting titles as Kirby Puckett? Nice. One. I was actually surprised. And Puckett only Joe Maurer. No, Maurer has three. Oh, look at that, Nicholas. Which Mark Grace has zero. <laughs> and Mark Grace is a better player. Yep. Oh <laughs> Thank you for saving that. Um, all right, let's get to the uh, the NFL uh, week preview uh, for some of the big games that are happening. Wasn't a lot on the schedule this week, and then we'll wrap up the show. Yeah, so it's week spelt with an A. Because it actually shows how weak the NFL is that the Philadelphia Eagles are still undefeated. The NFL as a whole this year is not very good. Oh. Same guy that was talking about parody. Interesting. Maybe it's just closer than ever. Parody is having different teams be good every other year. He was saying how bad were the Eagles last year? They were a playoff team. No, they didn't start that way. They were a playoff team. How bad they were the Vikings last year? They have talent on their roster to be a playoff team. They were a playoff team. Oh, my God, Mike. You're driving me crazy today. Yes, we are watching out for the Eagles and the Cardinals this week just because we want to see if the Eagles have the ability to stay undefeated. Um, I For me, this one's pretty easy. I don't know about you. Based on how Philadelphia has run that offense, they should be able to steamroll uh, yeah, the, the Cardinals, Cardinals defense. It's almost like I called that at the beginning of the season. They are turning into an absolute dumpster fire right in front of everybody's eyes. Um, I got that one, 28-17 Philly. You? Yeah. Sounds about right? Yep. And then the other game will be Bengals at Ravens on Sunday Night Football. This one will hold some weight when it comes playoff time. Yeah, this is an actual interesting matchup. Yes. 
Um, not even just because of the playoff implications, but because this is two top 10 teams in the NFL. Okay. Like for real. Oh yeah. Um, Joe Burrow needs some help though. What I'd really like to see is a 38, 35 slugfest. Yes. To go either way. Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Joe Burrow is going to spend most of Sunday night on his back. Yeah. Like Nick does. Um, and I don't like to put in the work. The Ravens 34 Bengals 17. Yeah, I got it as a 30-23 final score, more than likely. Um, I think this game, come, and I got it going to the Bengals. The Ravens secondary raises some questions for me. I mean, they did have like a no-name guy just torch. <laughs> Peters jumping routes. Hamilton's still really young. Williams' first year, you know, first couple of weeks in the system. I would agree that their pass rush is okay, but I feel like what's going to happen in this game is they're going to get caught by the chunk play. They're going to continue to blitz and try to bottle things up, and then T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd or Jamar Chase is going to get free on something, and Burrow's just going to stand in the pocket and get them. Um, The Ravens on offense, I just don't trust the way that that system is run. The more I watch it, the more I go... They have the leading MVP candidate at quarterback right now. I totally get it. But after, like, what I saw against the Bills, I... mm, There's something that's not right in the way the system is run. It seems, the more I watch it, that it doesn't fit the players that they have. I like Mark Andrews. I think Lamar Jackson is an outstanding talent. What would you do differently? I would have signed some wide-receiving talent. Out of free agency. What I would, would you not... do differently with the system to fit the players that they currently have? I would spread it out a little bit. So they have two really good tight ends. Yep. So they're in double tight a lot. Yep. They have basically one receiver. Yep. So they keep one receiver on the field. Okay. And it's downhill running and read options mm-hmm. and RPOs. Those 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 tight ends would make great mismatches in bunch scenarios, in splitting them out like the Patriots did a ton with Rob Gronkowski, which you see the Chiefs do with Travis Kelsey. There's a lot of other ways that you can utilize a two tight end system that would allow people to not stick eight noses in the box on every play that Baltimore runs through the entire game. And then when you do that and you snap the ball to Lamar, and they decide they have to go into man coverage, then he has the option to run the football. And, you know, look for make your read. If it's not there, pull it down, and there's not a bunch of garbage sitting right there in the middle of the field. There aren't too many defenses that you can run behind an eight-man box that typically leads to man coverage, if not cover three, which is very similar to cover one, which is man coverage, man free. There's a reason Lamar is the MVP candidate right now. He is the leader in MVP candidacy right now and i don't think baltimore wants him to be there what they've done through four weeks has got him there lamar has got them there okay so despite the play calling he's there yes okay nick that's it's the same system they ran the last three years that he's been very successful in, and it's the same system that has led him to not want to re-sign his contract well i don't i I mean fine so he goes somewhere else and becomes a pro-style quarterback he will fall off drastically i do not agree with that whatsoever they ran a spread style system in louisville and he was winging the ball all over the place is he the most polished polished hasher in the league no is he does he have more than enough arm talent to get it done in a system where you where he has 
a guy, a Mike Evans, a Justin Jefferson, a Jamar Chase, a a real number one receiver. Yes. All right. I think the Ravens are doing just fine by him, and they're successful doing it. So, all right, we'll see. Hey guys, yeah. Sorry, can I put this on just real quick? Last thing, uh, let's do it. Yep, that's how Mike ends every show. You farted. I'm sorry, but I was working on it back here. I'm just very. <laughs> if only we get it to blow away. At no, least I think I'm just making it hey, worse. At least my bad takes come out of my butt, not my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Plenty for the dad joke file this week, mm-hmm. huh? That wraps up the show, man. It does. It does. Uh, Mikey, if the people that watch this show have friends that are fans of said sport, where can they find us? Yeah, guys, as always, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Spotify, and YouTube. Check out our Patreon. We're still working on getting that up. We do have a Twitch. Michael eventually game on it at some point. Been playing a lot of FIFA lately. Maybe you should do it on Twitch. Maybe. I want to do it with you, dude. I have nothing. Are we talking about video games still? Yes, we (laughs) do. Okay. All right. Yes, we can get some content up on Twitch. Um, As always, glad to have y'all in for yet another show. Uh, We will be back with y'all next Thursday, as I'm sure we will have more pissed off Vikings fans after a win against the Bears, no matter how convincing or unconvincing it may be. Um, We will definitely be breaking down all of the storylines as we head into week six. And then uh, we are creeping up on UFC 280, which is an absolutely stacked card. I think it actually might be one of their best ever. Gabe, have you had the chance to look at that yet? I've not looked at the card yet. It's stacked. Um, If it holds together, it's going to be one to watch. So we'll start breaking some of that stuff down as well. And of course, just 13 days away from tip off for the Minnesota Timberwolves and puck drop was right around the corner for the while as well. So we have plenty of, I I want to propose something for the UFC. If it's a good card, I say we watch it here and do a live stream of it. Just like for fun, you know? Yeah, we could do that. I will not be here. It's past my bedtime. We will do it. We will. I will buy Mike a case of Mountain Dew and pixie sticks and treat him like a 12-year-old and keep him up all night. So Sounds good to me. Yeah. Uh, so let us know in the comments if that's something you'd like to see us cover. Um, like I said, glad to have you all with us. Excited to see you again next week. Until next time, take care, stay safe, have fun. NBC.